Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. excited for this week's episode because I have some personal stories to share. I'm answering some of your questions. And by the time this episode comes out, I will be 11 days away from getting married. I know I just keep talking about it, but it's all I can think about at this point. So bear with me. And then I'll talk about how great it was. And then I'll talk about how I missed the party. And then I'll talk about something else. So (laughs) one day I'll look back on this and think, wow, I just needed to stop talking about it, but whatever, living my truths. So first, as a reminder, you can follow me on Instagram at hrtracy, that's H-R-T-R-A-C-I. Please connect with me on Instagram. It's one of the best ways that I feel like I at least am getting to interact with you one-on-one, but also where I get the best understanding of what it is that you want to hear and listen to. And if you don't have Instagram, feel free to message me on LinkedIn, for example, or shoot me an email at podcast at hrtracy.com. And actually, I did receive some emails from you and DMs where literally every single person who reached out said that offering some sort of training or opportunity to learn with me would be really cool and something that you'd be interested in. So I am really going to put a lot of thought into this. Once the wedding comes and goes, I'll have a lot more time and I am going to dedicate myself to building something out because I think it's a there's a reason why the idea came about and I think that there's some real potential here for me not only to continue to see this podcast like foster and grow, but to give you something tangible, to give you something that you feel maybe is even more tailored to you. So you know, I'm committed to this, so I hope that I'll have some uh, information for you, some updates as I go through this process of creating what the heck that looks like. So thank you all for your outreach. If you have any other thoughts on this, um, please feel free to reach out. And my final point here is that I want to remind you I am a speaker and panelist at the Hacking HR Conference. It's free. It's virtual emphasis on it being free and already 40,000 people have signed up to attend. It's a conference that allows you to join any panels or um, events that are interesting to you and there are so many different types of topics and so you join those different events and you're able to hear what the panelists and the speakers have to say and you get all of that content after the event as well so you get all of this downloadable content and just an opportunity to kind of expand your understanding and knowledge so I hope you'll join me there the link is in the show notes if you're interested in registering again it's free and virtual so there's literally no risk in signing up today okay so I said I would start with the personal stuff the first thing that I want to say is that I had an opportunity to experience psychological safety in my workplace. And this was super profound for me because I don't know, especially if you listen to some of my episodes from a few months ago, I don't know that I totally felt like I had that psychological safety. 
And that is a huge part of DE&I. It's not only saying that you're going to appreciate diversity, equity, and inclusion and create space for it, but you actually have to allow for people to absorb that space and sit in that space. So I had an opportunity to experience psychological safety in work. And basically what happened is that I was able to share information on um, the Jewish holidays for September. And actually the first thing I was going to do was just have like a breakfast catered for the office. And it was my boss who was like, why don't you make it like a learning moment, do something where you can teach or share information about your culture and your experience and your religion or what have you with the group, with the rest of the office. And I at first was like, oh yeah, that sounds good. But I didn't totally feel like I could really do that and not experience some kind of flack or pushback or negativity and it's just because of what I've experienced in my experience as a Jewish person as being part of 0.2% of the world's population and being a minority um, you know certainly when we think of the term minority we don't necessarily think of religion or culture but we we do represent a religious and cultural minority especially Jews of color, they're even more of a minority. So when this idea came up, I was super nervous, worried, all of the above, just because I didn't know, I don't know, I just, I was afraid, right? So like fear is the antithesis to safety and feeling psychologically safe, like fear of retaliation, fear of pushback, all of those things I was feeling in that moment, even though I knew deep down I work with people who are so open and and accepting and want to hear more about each other's backgrounds. Um, And so when I went home for the weekend, this was a few weeks ago already, I was so anxious. Like I didn't know which way to turn, like how to start, what to lead with. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on the September holidays and I'm going to share fun facts that people might not know about my culture. And it ended up being really, really, really successful to the point where in the moment I was like almost having this surreal experience where I actually acknowledged with, within myself, within my head, wow, I just did that. And people were open and heard me and actually attended the event because you could easily walk into my office, grab some food and from the from the breakfast that's being hosted and then walk back to your desk. Even if it's in the center of the office, like you still could do that pretty easily. And I tried not to put any pressure on anyone. I was like, if you'd like, we're I'm going to start the learning part soon. It'll be like 10 minutes max, nothing crazy, not going to take up a lot of your time. And I just didn't want to put pressure on people because I didn't want it to feel like I was like forcing information down their throat. Because even though it's a learning opportunity, I mean, there are people who just like don't want to hear about things. So I was trying to find a good middle ground, middle ground where I was true to myself, true to my culture, shared that information and also made it fun and approachable. So I made a two slide PowerPoint and the first slide was basically like 
an example, like pictures, basically, picture diagram of Jews from around the world, from India, China, Morocco, Mexico, um, France, like, et cetera. And I did that because I really think the picture speaks a thousand words. When you see that all of these people look different but share that one thread you know, it could be really thought-provoking for someone who doesn't understand or know much about a, a particular culture. Um, so that was the first thing. And then on the same slide, I kind of showed and talked about the holidays that were going on in September. And I gave a super brief overview of what, they're, what they are and what the traditions are. And then on the second slide, I did um, basically like a fun fact fact sheet where there were a few bullet points and a map of all of the Jewish populations in the world. And that, you know, the very first fun fact is that Jews make up 0.2% of the world's population and 2% of the U.S. population. And I really don't think people know that, especially if you're in an area of the world or an area of the country where there's a larger Jewish population, it might feel like their population is larger than it actually is. So that was where I was able to really feel like I was able to be myself. And when I went back to my desk in that moment, I had to like take a breather because I was still kind of nervous just in general, like my nerves were high. My anxiety was high, I guess. I was like, wow, I'm so glad that I did that. I'm so glad that I listened and I put myself out there. And people were messaging me first that the food was amazing, which naturally I was only going to get the best uh, kosher food possible, especially if it's a Jewish event. And, um, and then they were also messaging me that in general, there were things that they didn't know about my culture and that there were, it, it was a really well done presentation and that they appreciated my time. So that just felt really good. So if anyone that I work with is listening to this, thank you. You made space for me and I really appreciate that. And if you are listening to this and you want to feel psychologically safe in your workplace, I hope that this inspires you to, to feel that. And if you are the person that makes that space for someone else, I hope that this message inspires you to really do that. Make the space for someone Give them the opportunity to experience that psychological safety because it really does make a huge difference on just your experience overall. I can now speak from personal experience on this. So that's my personal anecdote that I thought would be somewhat fun to share with you all this week. I wanted to answer or I guess jump to a question and answer this question um, for you because Someone messaged me, and I thought that this question in particular would be really interesting for others to hear. I'm sure that this kind of thing has happened to many of you in various moments of your career, and if it hasn't yet, it might happen, it might come up one day. So this person messaged me saying, I work for a business that's privately owned. We're currently hiring for a position that I previously worked in, and I have a few, you know, number of years of experience. As a recruiter and HR, I've been conducting all interviews for this position alongside the team. The other day, my boss let me know that they scheduled an interview for me for an undisclosed person who doesn't currently work for the business. And that this person is someone that they reached out to privately or in the recruiting world that they reached out to passively. 
Um, and this person continues to, to say that basically they're super confused as to why they can't review the resume. Um, they can't, you know, they, they feel that their boss doesn't trust them with confidential information because I guess the person who asked this, who sent this DM was not given any information at all. It was just like, you have this interview at this time on this day and let us know what you think. And there was no advanced resume sharing. There was nothing. So now they also don't feel like there's trust there. Um, and then the final point that they made is that they basically have this feeling that the boss and the other part of the team have already made up their mind in hiring the candidate and that this scheduled interview is really just like a meet and greet and that they this person has effectively been like pushed out of the recruiting process for this candidate and for this position. So I totally understand this person's concern. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, and I, I did answer and I said, basically, I'm assuming that you asked to see the resume before because otherwise, how would we really know that there isn't that trust? Because it's definitely possible that they forgot to send the resume or they didn't think it was important. Rather than saying we don't trust this person's ability to maintain confidentiality. Because also at the same time, you're in your role for a reason. You're in the HR function for a reason. So I don't know that it comes down to trust. Um, so I continue to say, at any rate, I think it's important that you share this feedback with your boss um, if this is really how you feel. I think you can also ask why there's a breakdown in trust if that is if you did ask for the resume specifically, um, and that in order for you to feel confident in your role and to be successful, you need your boss to trust you and take you as a partner. So I thought I would share this because I do think there's more to break down here, and I know that this person listens to the podcast, so hopefully going into a little bit more detail will help. The first thing is that I think it's always very easy to jump to the conclusion that the person putting you in this position is intentionally doing so, so that your boss is intentionally not giving you a resume, intentionally not trusting you, and in some cases, maybe that's true. But not in every single case. And I know personally that in my own experience, I should say, I have definitely jumped to conclusions over things when I've thought that my manager is intentionally doing something when really it's just that they it was an oversight and they didn't realize, you know, what they forgot. And even though, you know, it's easy for us on the outside looking in to say, oh, well, the boss should have remembered, there is a lot going on, right? So it could have been an honest mistake. Um, but it also, to me, it sounds like maybe there are some other things that have gone on in the past that leads this person to feeling like there's that lack of trust. So that's where I kind of bookended my statement and saying, or my response and saying, you should give your boss feedback. And it doesn't have to be like, hey, you know, I want to know why you don't trust me. Or this is how this made me feel. You could really make it a conversation. Hey, I want to talk to you about the situation with so-and-so. Let's call him Tommy. Tommy, you put the interview on my calendar. I didn't have a resume. I actually didn't have any information on him. And I thought that was a little odd. I mean, it's not the process we've been following. Is everything okay? Is there a reason why I didn't get that information? And it really could just be a matter of having that open-ended and transparent dialogue and conversation with 
your boss or whoever the person is in this situation, if you're, you know, if this is not your story, if you're listening in, you guys have heard me say this on the podcast before, but really feedback is everything. When we can have those candid conversations with each other and say, hey, what happened here? This is how it made me feel. I'm assuming you didn't intend to do this. I hope you didn't. But I need, you know, I want to talk about it because I don't want this to happen again. I mean, that's kind of where the magic happens. Not only are you establishing this standard of excellence and that you want someone not only to take you seriously, but to respect your boundaries, because if you're giving someone feedback, it's about something, whether it's good or bad, you're recognizing something that you want to continue or you're saying, hey, this needs to change. So you're setting boundaries and standards. So that is inherently a good thing for all parties but also when you're giving feedback or you're having those candid conversations you're allowing for openness and transparency so I do think it it sounded to me and maybe I just didn't have all the information but it sounded to me like there was more going on or maybe there was more going on in the past where this person just instantly felt like there was just a matter of a lack of trust from the boss to the person in this situation. So the person didn't respond back to me when I answered. If you're listening and this is resonating with you or maybe there's more to the story, let me know. I would love to be able to share some updates maybe on the next episode if possible. But in general, maybe take yourself out of it. Take a step back. And if there is truth to this and they don't trust you, then there is an opportunity for you to decide if this is the right role, the right business, the right place to be. And if there isn't a whole lot of conclusive evidence, so to speak, that there's this intention behind not trusting you or not giving you this information because they don't trust you, then you know I would say it's probably not exactly what you think it is. And there's more to the story and an opportunity to iron out some of those wrinkles. So last week, I talked a lot about those HR certifications, didn't I? I got a lot of messages from people saying that it was super helpful to them, first of all, which I'm glad because when I reflected, I was like, did I not give certifications the time of day? I want to be super clear. I think, and I think I said this a million times on last week's episode, I think any investment in education is a good investment. So even if it costs you $10,000 for a certification that doesn't teach you anything other than how to handle ER or investigations when you could spend a whole lot less to learn that, then at least it's still an investment in your education, right? So that is fundamental. I just want to make that abundantly clear. But second, and actually all of the messages that I got were really positive about the episode, which is great, but I'm hypercritical of myself. And so this is just me critiquing my own critique. Um, but that's that's the first thing. Like pro-education, you do you. If it's the right investment for you, go for it. If you want that SHRM title, if you want that PHR title and those you know initials in your name on LinkedIn, go for it. I totally, totally get it. If you are like many of you who have DM'd me this, if you are currently working for an organization that has a budget for professional development, you should absolutely leverage those resources and find a way to have these certifications paid for by your employer. 
There's nothing more worthwhile than a training course that advances your career that you don't have to pay for. So if you have an opportunity to take SHRM or PHR class through HRCI, a lot of acronyms there, sorry. Go back to last week's episode if you're new here. Um, But if you have an opportunity to take any of those courses, whether you think they're valuable or not, if they are being paid for by your company, take them. If I had an opportunity today to go and take a SHRM certification course, even though I don't need it because of my years of experience, but it were paid for by my company, I would take it. What's the harm, right? At least I have something more to my name. So I just wanted to use this opportunity to clarify that point because I don't think I really talked about that except for a small snippet, small section of the the episode last week where it was like, you know, get your company to pay for it. But really, get your company to pay for it. There's nothing that companies want to do more than to invest their money in training and learning and development because that enables and encourages more retention. So the the hardest thing that you have to do is ask the question, hey, supervisor or HR team, I really, or learning and development team, I really want to be certified in X. Can I submit this as an expense? Is this something that the company can cover? And it's going to be yes or no. You have a 50% chance of getting a yes. And to me, those are good odds. So Go for it. If it's free, go for it. And on top of this, I know a handful of coaches, like lifestyle coaches, um, mentors, like people who do this for a living, who charge X dollar, you know, amount per session to coach you and train you and mentor you. That also can be paid for by a company. So the sky is the limit. These coaches, they are they are making money through these companies. And I say more power to them because the people who I know who do coaching are really amazing and they really have a huge impact on people's careers and their their lives. And it's one, probably one of the best things that someone who's really good at helping others work through their issues and problems, probably one of the best things that they can do with their time is invest in themselves, make it a business and get paid to do something they're really good at and that they like to do. So there's that. Go and find a coach that's right for you. And if you would like some recommendations, I certainly would be more than happy to refer some of my colleagues, former and present who do coaching on the side or as a full-time job to you because they're amazing. And I would only recommend someone who is amazing to you. So with that, I'm going to end the episode here. I'm giving me a few minutes back in your day because normally we spend 30 minutes together. But you know, I like to switch it up a bit. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at HRTracy. Rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Leave a comment. I just love when you all reach out. It really makes my day. So please don't be shy. Don't hesitate. And like I said, you can also email me at podcast at hrtracy.com. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you next week.